Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise, but it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAers. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions, uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming the weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about our HA, diving into how HA works, and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery, we're in there answering your questions in the DMs, as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other. It's incredible. It's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other. It's so good. The HA Society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery, no matter what stage you're at. Whether you have HA or you've got a few recovery periods, we have your back and we're all your new best friends. So come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join and the link is in the show notes for you okay on with the show hey and welcome to the hypothalamic amenorrhea podcast an adulting advice podcast production i'm danny sheriff and this is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly this podcast aims to educate inform and keep you motivated on your period and ha recovery track let's dive in Quick disclaimer, guys, I am not a doctor and this content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Always seek the advice of your physician. Hey guys, before I jump into this episode with the amazing Chloe Hodgkinson, I just want to let you know that on today, today, Friday, if you're listening, Friday US time is the last day for you to join the HA Society until it closes until the next new moon. So the HA Society will open every new moon for one week and then it will close so that we can get into the group and I can focus on making sure the experience in the group is amazing. So head to the hasociety.com to join the membership today. Okay, on with the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to the HA podcast. I'm very excited today. I'm here with Chloe Hodgkinson, basically like my HA soul sister on the other side of the pond. Welcome, Chloe. Hey, how are you? (laughs) Good. Chloe has an awesome uh, YouTube channel actually, where she documents kind of like I do on this podcast. She just talks about her experience with recovery and helps tons of different people and we're both kind of from a health and fitness background too. So we have a lot of like m- matching experiences and opinions. Yeah. It's mad when um, you start connecting with people that have uh, like gone through similar things and that just how much our paths have, uh, have aligned of work. When we spoke previously, we've been like, yeah, me too. Oh my gosh, me too. Yeah. It's just just mad how much correlates. So that's why I think your podcast and and the society that you're doing is just so amazing because 
part part of me is so surprised that I'm like oh my gosh there's this many of us that have kind of suffered from this but also like this is exactly the sort of thing that I would have needed when I first started this recovery so I think it's amazing what you're doing totally well I think that just the fact that the two of us could literally just start uh talking about a topic on the internet um and get so much feedback and engagement on it straight away is a testament to how many people how much it's needed and the fact that no one's talking about it because it's very hard in 2020 to get on the internet and start talking about something and have people start listening definitely and i think it's um it's such a tight community as well and i think it's it just goes to show that ha isn't just about lack of period it's all about what goes through our minds and that's where people when we talk about it that's where people can relate and that's why we get that feedback because you we don't ever really know what's going through people's minds until someone else talks about it and then it's like oh my gosh me too yeah yeah i've definitely started to believe um very few of us are ever having a unique thought that no one has ever experienced or thought before exactly and we're just not that special yeah (laughs) which is good that means we have a lot of amazing questions to answer from listeners that a hundred other others of you are also thinking yeah sounds good sorry if you can hear me gulp then no i can't i'm doing a very british thing of drinking a cup of tea i'm drinking tea too but you know the only so when you go into the grocery store in uh the u.s yeah the tea aisle you would have you been to the u.s yet Uh uh-huh yeah, quite a Have few you times. looked at the tea aisle? I can't say that was one of the reasons why I went. It's rubbish. <laughs> so I've got I've got a Lipton, and their whole thing is like America's favorite tea, and it's really the only tea that I can find. And then all the the other tea that they drink here is all just like fruity tea. Yeah, I yeah. have to say, where if I go abroad, I I I do not. I'm oh, sorry if you can hear a car start. Um, I do not have high now my neighbors are talking I, I can't hear it microphones now just block all that out oh that's all right but yeah when i go abroad i now kind of like write off a good cuppa i just assume that so just wait till you're home no? yeah yeah no i get it okay cool <laughs> Sorry, no random commonwealth talk so <laughs> we've got a bunch of questions i posted a question on instagram like a thing for people to submit questions and we got a lot So Mm -hmm. we've literally chosen like three, maybe we'll get to four to answer today. And if all goes well, we'll do another one. But I'm just going to dive into questions. How do you feel about that? Go for it. Yeah, hit me. (laughs) The first question is just reverse diet instead of all in. Mm. Uh Um, Yeah. So this person, I guess if anyone's wondering maybe what more of this means, this all in lots of people know is when you just you go all in you eat all the food you do all the rest um whereas reverse dieting is i mean do you want to explain reverse dieting yeah so reverse dieting i've always actually been a huge fan of um i found when i was a personal trainer that um girls and clients guys and guys actually as well would come to me and um were eating very little calories in in whether that had been from a dieting aspect or whether it was just guys uh like i'm sure my stepdad won't mind me saying i hope not anyway <laughs> but um he is he'll go to work all day and he might skip lunch and blah 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 and it's like actually a reverse dieting is a great tool if you have been on really low calories that all it asks you to do is gradually increase your calories until you get up to maintenance and the idea with reverse dieting is because you do it so gradually there's no huge shock on on the body and there's no real like shock mentally either because you can just slowly start to increase it and your body adapts and the idea is that because you slowly do it that there is no kind of huge shock to any system and i think when you start to ask someone to increase their calories that's really scary for tons of people because we've all brought been brought up in this modern day society of telling us to eat less and move more and diet so i personally am a huge advocate for reverse dieting and i would argue that that is what i did 
rather than yeah. then. I would say me too. I, I'm pretty vocal about the fact that it just took me a while. I just, it's not that I don't, it's not that I don't advocate or believe in the all in. It just wasn't going to, um, you know, I, I wasn't ready to fight one type of extreme with another. That said, the reverse dieting thing, I think that where it can falter is when, when you are reverse dieting and say you're going into the gym and you're like, hey, I'm doing reverse diet, blah, 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 and you consume a lot of content or information about reverse dieting, you'll also find a lot of people talk about how it's a really great opportunity to get strength gains. It's a really good opportunity to up the weights um, because you're increasing your intake. And I think that if you try to get your period back with H, sorry, with H, if you try to get your period back with reverse dieting, but you also do a lot of the protocols that many people do when they reverse diet who are not trying to get their period back and you train a lot more, you might not see results. So it's like reverse dieting with the, the decrease in like heavy movement is something that I would probably advocate more for. I think my big problem with reverse dieting is it's just another blimmin' label. And if you're from our background, we do not need another label attached to ourselves. Like we don't need to define. I think if, if you start calling yourself, like I'm going into reverse dieting and stuff, it's just another thing for you to latch onto to say that this is what I'm doing and this is what I have to do. And it's another thing for you to kind of become like obsessed with. What I found amazing, I worked with uh, an incredible uh, nutritionist, dietitian, especially uh, spe- Rini McGregor. I'd 100% anyone to go check her out. She's worked with, she specializes in eating disorders uh, and athletes. Mm-hmm. And I just loved the way she, she approached it, is it was just fueling. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, there, there was no label to it. It was like, Chloe, you can do whatever you like. You've just got a fuel. And then she gave me those tools to do it. And I think there's an issue with all in. All in is very, very scary, in my opinion. If you had asked me to do two years ago to do no exercise and eat 2,500 calories, for those, I guess, wondering that don't know about all in, that comes from the book, No Period, Now What? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and where they do ask you to eat minimum 2,500 calories and do no exercise. If you ask anyone that has a kind of like fitness obsession, dieting mentality to suddenly do that, that isn't, they're just, I would actually say it's probably more harmful for their mental health because they might try it for a week. They'll feel horrendous and then they'll just go back and they'll cereal diet. And then I think reverse dieting is a really nice way of mentally slowly introducing a few more calories and I guess you could kind of reverse exercise as well if you like of like slowly bringing back your exercise so you're not shocking your system but the reverse other side of that is it will take longer potentially and is it just another label that you're attaching to yourself Mm. and actually if we just take away all labels and we say fuel yourself if you're going to be moving your body is there a way that instead of just labeling something could you reach out to a professional to to assist you on that so there so we kind of take those take those labels away do you know what i mean yeah i mean reverse dieting like sounds very complex and it's i guess like very bro right yeah and like my point earlier right where like if you yeah. start doing that and you get involved in that kind of thing you might go down a path of um yeah, like just the, the broness of it all and not use it as a tool for recovery necessarily. And yeah, late, just the, just the label is totally. Yeah. Sorry. I think as well, the other issue with reverse dieting is, is there still control around how much weight gain you need, or is there still some kind of control with how many calories you're eating? So if you're if you're slowly increasing your calories that potentially means you're still very aware of the amount of calories you're consuming and you still might not be wanting to go over or something something or or under you've got to hit that calories do you know what Mm -hmm. i mean i think reverse dieting can lead to that and also i think with reverse dieting there is still a sense of control there you could stop and go 
I've gained some weight, I've reverse dieted, but still not gained your period back and still not fully healed yourself. Yeah. So I think there's obviously pros and cons to everything, right? Um, I personally think get a professional get a real dietitian that's special like that's why I hold Rini in such high regard because if you can find yourself a dietitian or a, or a nutritionist to work with that will kind of assist you in that with and to and remove the labels and work with you psychologically to just feel a little bit more comfortable around this whole situation then I don't necessarily think we need to choose one or the other you know mm-hmm. I like that awesome thank you uh Okay. Question number two, what to do once you've recovered and then you relapse? It will happen. Yeah. That's just like, like and, and I still very much, I, I try to avoid the words recovery and relapse and stuff because I'm very aware that it's, it is an issue that we faced. Right. And I'm very aware that it's an issue that many people face and I still think some of some cases do need to be recognized clinically, mm. but again, it's another label. So if you, if we try to look at it as like a, a, a full eating disorder and stuff that can often make us fall into that victim mindset and that victim trap and being like, Oh, well, I can't do this because that the reason why I've, I've fallen back into it is because I've relapsed. So it gives just another label, you know? So I think if you go into this recovery is still definitely the right word because we do recover. Right. But if you go into maybe like this healing process, if you like, and, and you just know, look, you will take one step forward and five steps back. Sometimes you will be put into places that will trigger you because you can't avoid that. You could wake up one day and have done a bit too much exercise the day before and you're now exhausted and that will happen you might some days wake up and have a really bad body image day because no matter who you are in the whole world everyone has body image days i don't think they will ever go away but you might wake up one day and have a really awful body image day and force yourself to do loads of exercise and diet and then you'll beat yourself up that night and go oh i should be recovering i should be recovering and it's just about like, if you, my, my top tip would just be to expect it, expect that you will have good days and bad days, expect that some days you will go back. And I think if you can expect it, then it takes the pressure off ourselves to not feel so guilty and just take, take each day as it comes. I guess that, yeah, I guess I would probably start there maybe. Yeah. I mean, I definitely see what you're saying. So like progress and recovery isn't linear and you don't start and then end and then fail and then start again from the beginning. You, you start, you figure things out along the way. Oh, that didn't work. That did work. Yeah. It's just a bumpy road. And like, okay. So remember your fitness and wellness journey, right? ironically it's kind of the same thing where they're always telling you like oh you know if you overeat one day don't worry like just get back on board the next day why don't you like reapply that um that skill you learned through uh, through years of of (laughs) yeah yeah, of dieting and apply it to the other the other way right okay you underate that day or whatever you did and I just, I just keep going the next day because also the reality is later on when you have moved past this, you will have days where you literally just like don't eat as much. I don't know you were busy or you like went to your family's house and they don't eat as often as you do and like weird stuff that happens. And one day it's just not even going to register. So, yeah. yeah. I also think um, another thing would be is to try to find the root cause I often find that if I have taken a few steps back, relapsed, whatever, however we want to call it, um, there will be a root cause for that. And that could either be being, I don't know, in a triggering situation, did I overeat the day before, which then kind of like instigated that whole like diet mentality? Did I see something on Instagram that made me compare myself? Did 
anything that kind of like, what is that root cause? Did mm-hmm. someone say something to me at work that was work related that made it trigger inside me that I wasn't good enough, which then instigated me not feeling good enough, which then catapulted into me wanting to diet and do more steps, you know, like sometimes there will, there will be a root cause about what it was. And I think if we can become aware of what the triggers are, it makes us be able to grow through them a little bit. And my top tip for that is to be journal, let journaling become your best friend, Mm -hmm. get all of those thoughts out. My favorite, um, sorry, I feel like I'm rambling, but my favorite tool for this is to have split your page down in half have thoughts on one side, have feelings on the other, write all of the thoughts, get them all out. So it might be like, oh, shouldn't have eaten that cake yesterday. Oh yeah, but you need to eat the cake because you need to recover your period. Oh, why is my body, why does my body working with me? Oh, I wish I, I just want to exercise. I just want to do hits. All of these thoughts, get it all out because it's often so noisy in our heads. And then look at those thoughts and write the feelings that you had with those. And for me personally, a lot of that just comes down to just not feeling good enough. And then once you've got all of that out, you can turn the page over, do exactly the same and you write out the thoughts that you would like to be having. And this is where affirmations become a holy grail of life because you can then look at all of those affirmations down and then you can implement them into your daily practice so for me is I'm happy healthy and full of energy that's like my my little go-to uh, I trust my body to tell me when I'm full and when I need energy I listen to my body those kind of things and I think they're just really nice ways of just trying to implement those thoughts into your mind a little bit more. I love that. I do journaling too. I haven't done that method, but I should totally try it. Um, My method for journaling when I'm having those thoughts is to, yes, write out those thoughts and then also just um, talk back to them almost as though that thought is being had by a different person. I don't know, sure, your angel devil, like that classic thing where your thoughts are being had by one person in your brain, your your primitive brain, and then your logical brain is talking back and explaining. And it's really hard when you've written it all down to not now be able to look at it objectively as like just in not particularly valid truths. So sometimes for us, people who are very like, um, you know, fact driven and maybe even have perfectionistic tendencies, like, yeah. And our brains are just make no sense. Like the thoughts we're having and our internal dialogue, if you actually were to write it down or if someone was to listen to your thoughts, it would be mortifying because they don't make any sense and they're, they're silly. I mean, and that's fine, but it just helps to write the, write it down and look them in the face. And, and sometimes I think journaling can be one of the hardest things because you don't want to ever face those feelings. Right. But so in that, in that, uh, instance, then I just head to YouTube and I do some meditation or hypnosis. Uh, releasing anxiety is a really good one. Any body, body confidence, body acceptance, releasing and letting go uh, meditations or hypnosis is hypnosis <laughs> are really good. I'd really recommend all of those. Uh, and then I guess like another tip would just be to go do something fun a lot of the time that we only ever really beat ourselves up about relapsing and stuff is because we're in our heads a little bit too much. So if you just phone a friend and be like, Hey, do you want to go for a walk? Or especially if you've got someone that really understands what you're going through. My best friend Zoe was, wow. Like I, I owe her so much because she's what the, one of the very few people that really understands me. And I would often just say to her, so I'm having a bad day. Uh, like I feel like I need to exercise and she just talked me down and mm. and I think if, if you've got that support network like my stepmom if I ever started to really under eat I would just text my stepmom like sir I think I'm under eating again she would go it's fine let's pick it back up um 
and I would start sending my meals, especially my evening meals to her every evening. And what was so lovely about that is she would do the same. So then we were swapping recipes and stuff. So it's about having, I guess, like just reach out for that support network, which is where you come in because obviously there's the HA society now, right? That like, that's what everyone's there for. And I think, and I think if you've got those people to be like, guys, I'm really struggling today. You'll have those like, support networks to just hype you up I guess and I think having that hype team is really really important and then just going back to when I said about having fun if you're having fun you'll be so distracted by those thoughts or what happened yesterday or the fact you under eight or whatever that um it's a really good distraction so having a list of everything that you really enjoy or everything that you find fun and then just go into that list when you're having that bad time Mm mm-hmm yeah and and enrolling people in what you're trying to do is so important yeah trying to to recover your period without anyone knowing is really really hard and i do have people email me about it and that they haven't told anyone and they just don't know how they don't know the words to use um and they really seem to struggle so I think that you are more likely probably to have a harder time recovering your period if you haven't said to your closest friends and family, not everyone, you don't have to say to everyone, but to have a few people in your court who are able to put your, who know you and how you think and literally like take you by the shoulders and redirect you towards where you need to be going and they don't necessarily need to fully understand they just need to know that that's what you're going through so for example like my mum for example never really understand and I still don't know if she fully understands how I lost my period because I was just eating healthy and going to the gym right but what she did know is that I wasn't having my period and my hormones were all over the place I literally had like no estrogen and she is very factual as well so she's like okay in western medicine you're not having your period your hormones everywhere we need to sort that out that's all she she didn't need to understand the mental side or anything like that and then my stepmom she is a lot more um aware of how much I really restricted my food because she really saw the telltale signs. So she really helps me with the food side. Do you know what I mean? And then there's my, and then there's Zoe who, who is like the best friend. So you chat to everything. So she's there. It's like your hype going, your body confidence, confidence going. It's like people don't necessarily have to fully get everything that you're going through and you don't have to open up so much to absolutely everyone because that sometimes will make us feel way too vulnerable. But it's just having those little people that you just tell snippets to, just be like, hey, do you know what? I really, I really need some help with that. And, and they can just be there. Or come join the HA Society, right? Where everyone's going through the same thing anyway. So everyone can be your hype girl. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's such a good point though, that there's no, you don't have to tell everyone. And there are some people who potentially just aren't going to be helpful. And it's okay to decide that telling them is not for you Um, and picking, yeah, who's going to play what role and and letting them know how they can support you as well. So you're able to say to Zoe, um, like, I need you to be my hype girl. Or was it Zoe to be your hype girl? Who is your hype girl? Yeah, yeah, Zoe. But like, I think if you just start to open up, so like a lot of the time, Zoe and I wouldn't really talk about the period side of things. It would just be like, Zoe, I'm having a fat day. And, and she, every, it's very common that girls have, have those days. So then she was just able to hype me about that. And that I would, I would do the same for her about any other issue that she had. It's like, you don't necessarily have to open fully up and say, guys, I'm, uh, and I think this is where we could fall into like that victim mode, right? Which I don't think helps our own self-esteem anyway. You don't necessarily have to go to people and say, I've lost my period. I feel like this, 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 and this. I need support with this. You could just just be, just be explore and start to share people with how you're feeling. So like sometimes I would say to mum, like, mum, it's really getting me down that I'm, I don't really understand how to sort out my hormones. And then mum would be straight on the computer and be like, right, well, I found this, I found this. And it's like, 
you don't necessarily have to share your story with everyone. You could just share some of those thoughts, especially when with people that you know might understand. Yeah, that's a really good point too that it brings up, which is if you really focus on like, oh, this I have HA thing, it's not like many other, say, conditions, right? Like if you have cancer, I mean, like you have cancer and focusing on the treatment is for a lot of people, like what needs to be done. Now with something like HA, the treatment for many people is to like stop thinking about HA and go Mm -hmm. like, think about having fun. Like, cause there is no treatment for you to go to. There is no like medicine for you to take. You, you have to make a lifestyle change and that's what you should be focusing on is like joy, happiness, excitement, friendship, relationships. So if all you do is like bring your HA to the conversation, it actually might set you backwards a little. Yeah. I'm, I always say the treatment to HA is self-love. Mm. Um, so if you're focusing on that, then you're on the right path. Uh, it doesn't matter how long it takes you. Cause I think self-love is a continuous journey anyway. And I think HA, um, sorry, getting your period back is a byproduct of having a bit more self-love. And I think the, yeah, you're right in the sense of like HA constantly bringing that to the table, especially I, I love the fact I was a fitness one. I loved that everyone, I was in the gym and I loved the fact I was known for eating salads and I would go to the restaurant and only eat a salad and I'd rock up with my water and and I would nip off and I'd turn up in my active wear because I was going to the gym and stuff. I loved that label. And I think if you are from a similar background to that, we love labels. <laughs> and I think some, I definitely attached the HA label to myself. And I think I kind of like used that as a new label for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I started talking about it on Instagram a little bit more saying that I didn't have my period, but and this is what I'm doing. And I would use it as an excuse to do things. So my friend might say, do you want to go for a workout? And I'd say, yeah, sure. Let's go for a workout. And I might rock up a little bit tired that day. And I would go, I need to take it easy today um, because I've got HA. And it, I kind of like attached that label to myself. I'd still go smash out a hit session. And then halfway through it, because the endorphins was mm. rushing through me, I'd be like, no, let's go for another 10 rounds. Let's go. And then afterwards I'd go, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I've got HA. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. we have to be careful about what labels we're attaching ourselves. And if we just remove the labels and I think focus that the treatment is self-love, then we we'll be all right eventually. <laughs> yeah, totally. Basically to bring it back full circle to answer the question is once you recovered and then you relapse, maybe look at what you're doing and ask, did I recover from a place of actual like change and self-love and, or did I, did I white knuckle it through recovery, get a period back and then I hadn't done the, the mental work. And so I went back another direction. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get a little bit excited when you saw a bit of blood uh, and thought, <laughs> can lose, can lose a load of weight now? Yes. Can go back to training. It's not, it's yeah, not. Like- I mean, that's exactly what happened to me. It's really? Exactly- yeah. My first period I got back from, from having done the, the protocol, but I wasn't ready to stick to it yet. You know, that's another reason why, like, just cause you get one period back. Yes. They say like three recovery periods, but not just for your body like to get in the rhythm but also for your mind to get used to this new life yeah I've um I actually my period came back it's really strange actually um I oh sorry my mom's phoning um (laughs) my um I'm really into spirituality and manifestation and stuff. And I actually pride myself on being a master manifester. Mm. (laughs) I do too. I do that too. I love it. Oh, I'm sorry if you can hear that. My mum's all good. Um, This is real life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's a really funny situation, actually. So I started dating a guy. And then a, oh, like two weeks maybe, 
we were sat on my oh my christ my mum really needs you is it an emergency no, she's not. i just text her about something and she was like oh i'll phone you in a little while you know when like you hang up on someone and they keep calling and you're just like yeah. do you oh not God, understand like get the hint mum she'll probably <laughs> listen to this as well and i'm like look yeah it's you interrupting the call does your mum <laughs> listen to all of your stuff uh I think so. That's so funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, was see- I started seeing this guy and uh, I'm still with him now. It's going really, really well. And we were sat on my balcony and he was like, do you know what my mission is? I was like, what's that? He was like, I'm going to get your period back for you. I was like, yeah. All right. Then. Okay. So we got it. And it was, um, we just kind of like laughed about it. That was on a Sunday. On the Tuesday, I came on my, I got my first period. Does he just feel like he activated your ovaries with his hotness? <laughs> Oh my god. But but, but maybe so maybe there was a little bit of like endorphins and excitement from this new guy. Um Yeah, and like maybe like things. a sense of like uh like release and I don't know, but like it was yeah, like it it was just madness. I just texted him on the Tuesday, like, Are you joking? I haven't had a period for two and a half years. You tell me you're gonna get my period back and two days later I come on. I mean, don't bother explaining to him the science about like follicles taking time to grow and stuff like that let's just, <laughs> just go with just it be like yeah it. two days later my ovaries just fully activated yeah, people people <laughs> listen to this are like quick i need to i need to find a one <laughs> <laughs> no but it definitely will um you know what will happen to you when you get your period back it will happen right around a time where something weird did happen and you're like huh was that it and you'll never really know and that I will happen from like a spiritual side and emotional side. Uh, I know this is, we're going off on a right tangent now. Sorry. Uh, from a spiritual side, everyone own, everyone embodies a feminine, a feminine quality and a masculine uh, quality, whether you're uh, male, female, non-binary, whatever, every, it's said that everyone has like feminine and masculine in them. And I very much live in my masculine. I tend to sway more towards that. And I think if you suffer from HA, you you potentially will too, because it's where we suppress our feminine, which is obviously like our ovaries and, and things like that. So if you live a lot more in your masculine, that's all about like drive and goals, goal setting and really going for it. It's quite aggressive tendencies and it's how we achieve things. And then the feminine side is relaxing and nurturing and self-care that kind of thing and really slowing down and I often found that I very much lived in my masculine which would explain the no period right and then as I stepped and I really started to work spiritually you can youtube all of this if you're interested uh, about masculine versus feminine energies it's so interesting and I really started to work on embracing my feminine energy and then I started to see this guy and I think inside that would have naturally have boosted my feminine energy because I wasn't the go-getter living by herself working 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 it was like suddenly I let someone else into my life and it was like oh shit I fancy you and I really like you (laughs) and it kind of like instigated that so there's there's obviously loads of reasons and you we've got to look scientifically I had spent three months working with a dietitian Mm -hmm. eating more and stuff like that I can't take that away but I think it's so interesting exploring those more psychological emotional and spiritual ways of how we can increase our self-love our self-worth and and tap into those energies as well but I've gone on a right tangent let's go I know I'm like well I just want to like validate that too same with me I did all of the work from like the scientific standpoint you can't take that away but also I finally got my period back a the first time when I moved to America to be with my husband um Mm -hmm. after a long distance relationship and the second time when I like recovered fully uh was when I started drawing and creating and doing things feminine. that were fun and pretty so yeah. and, yeah. and channel in your inner feminine so yeah if you I guess a, a tip if you're if you are suffering from HA go research a little bit more into the feminine masculine energies and start really embodying that feminine energy love it okay I reckon we have time for this one more question okay. which is how to not feel ashamed when you are a qualified personal trainer and you should know better I feel attacked. <laughs> I feel like the person that wrote this email was, sorry, this question was very, you know, the way they've worded this is very telling, right? 
how to not feel ashamed when you should know better. It's like, you can hear how this person is talking to themselves. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think I didn't, I, (laughs) yeah, I potentially should have known better, but I was telling all of my clients to do everything I should have been doing anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I was given out wrong information. Like I have worked with clients and, and I still speak to them now of who I've completely helped transform their relationship with food and, and exercise. And it amazes me because I'm like, that's incredible. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that you've come to me and I'm so proud of myself that I've done that. But isn't it funny that I wouldn't do that to myself. And I think Mm -hmm. that just because you're suffering from, from HA or fitness addiction or whatever it as I think as long as you're sound as long as you are qualified and the information you're giving out to your clients is sound that you can't take that away from your professional work so just because of how you feel in yourself and your mental health and how you view your body at this specific time that doesn't take away any creditations that you should get from a professional my issue with ha never came down with the fact that i had the knowledge but it all came down to self-worth and i didn't have the self-worth so i don't think you should beat yourself up that as a personal trainer you have ha because you're not a self-worth that you you can't measure that against your own self-worth do you know am i trying to make sense do i make sense (laughs) you're making sense okay you're making sense like you're projecting how you feel about yourself you're typically not really projecting how you feel about yourself onto your clients you're literally just doing that in a silo you you probably are a little bit right you're like there are definitely going to be ways that you're projecting your ideals about what health and fitness is to clients. And you can always, always be working on that no matter what. But many of us, the majority of us, I totally know what you're saying. Like if I saw a client, I had a client who was just looked exhausted. You would be like, dude, totally take the rest of the day off, go and sleep. But you would never say that to yourself. And, and I still look back and I think there were times that I was a huge hit, hit advocate hit advocate Mm. and I definitely know do did not know at the time when I was a full-time personal trainer everything I know now around how you should train for a female body so yeah there was obviously aspects but we're always I don't ever beat myself up about that like I was only I was what in my 20s I was I was in my 20s I am in my 20s I was 20 so obviously I don't know everything and you can't be expected to know everything I was just doing the best I could with the knowledge that I had at that time. So there's no need to beat yourself up about it. And I guess that's what this whole journey's on, right? Self, self-worth and, and self-love. Don't, don't beat yourself up about it. You will continue to learn. And I think if you do have HA and you're worried that you're projecting that onto clients, research into it a little bit more. So keep do not stop in that educational and that scientific stage, because although you might not recover because of your, how you view your own self-worth, you can pack yourself with knowledge. And that's what I really did. I really tried to pack myself with enough knowledge. So it's like, I knew how to fuel uh, my clients to make sure they were coming in for a session or like, yeah, I'd send them home if they weren't, um, if they weren't, fueled enough or they were really tired or would just do a stretch session if you can fuel yourself with that knowledge then that will never you can't take that away from a personal trainer you can't take away your own knowledge and your self-worth it has no reflection on your professional life so i personally i personally wouldn't wouldn't worry about that i'd just work on your own self-worth and self-love heal yourself you don't need to keep beating yourself up anymore Totally. And you get to take this experience now and, and apply it in a position that people mm-hmm. want to hear your opinion, which yeah. is great. So now next time you see someone going down the track, that track, you don't just have to say, hey, it looks like you're going down this track. You get to say, hey, I've been here. I know what you're going through. You get to show them compassion, meet them where they're at. You get to talk to them and be like, I had this thought process. Are you having that thought process? And they'll be like, oh, you're in my mind. And it will make you a better trainer. This, This 
situation and you getting through it will make you a better personal trainer, a more qualified personal trainer through the school of life. And you should not see that as shame, but as an opportunity. 100%. And that I have even got to the stage now. So I've had my third recovery period. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. Um, and I've even found my love for training has come back because it's a whole new mental shift. Yes. And I also found, I found I've got more hyped with wanting to, I can, I actually finished, I left personal training last year. I did it alongside my full-time job as part-time for a little while. And then I like fully let it go. And I've now got this like buzz back and this like, I'm like hyped. I'm like, I want to get back into training because I want to train these girls to be strong in a really sustainable way. I want to, I want to write programs Mm -hmm. that from day one of their cycle will be completely different to day 21 in their cycle. I'm hyped to use that, my personal training knowledge with my HA and my female hormone knowledge now. And I'm like, shit, where are these girls at? I want to write you programs so you don't have to stop exercising if you've recovered even better, like I want to be, I want to be that trainer to help you because I've, I've been through it and it's now hyped me even more. So if you're worried about how it is as a personal trainer, like you said, school of life, like use your story to, to share with people because there's so much power in sharing your, what's the word? Like, discomforts and people can really relate and and you do become even more relatable as a personal trainer Mm -hmm. yeah I actually think if you're really passionate about it too it's kind of a disservice for everyone who has had HA to leave that space where they get to talk to those people and make change in that industry if you want to be a PT and you're feeling conflicted about if you're like now you know, the best person for this kind of job. I mean, for one, yeah, you absolutely are. And if you, you leave these clients, you're leaving them, you're abandoning them. Okay. Only if that's something you want, you want. And the second thing real quick is uh, just because you lost your period and this like very tangible physical thing happened to you doesn't mean there's not other trainers out there who still have a period but whose hormones are all effed up and you're leaving them to run this space you know so yeah honestly do you just saw my facial expression (laughs) honestly do not even get me when you're like when you're like oh you know you tell another trainer or somewhere in the health space you have ha and they're just like oh, really? Like, what's that? And then later they tell you about their um, like really bad period pain or their like 21 day cycles or something like that. And, but they are not making a correlation. My biggest, my biggest um, beef at the minute is people with huge platforms. uh, A lot of the time in bodybuilding and things like that, female and they're taking on clients and they're training clients. Yeah. There was one particular girl that I messaged and I said, um, hey, I think it would be so interesting for all of like us female people that follow you to talk about how you managed to sustain your period while being so lean and training so heavy. And mm-hmm. they just replied and said, hey, I'm not currently having a period, so there's not really much to talk about. And I was like, this... You, you knew the answer to that. Yeah, this is the problem because those 50-odd thousand followers or however many have no idea. So they're looking at that person and thinking, wow, she's lean. Wow, she trains mega hard. I should train just as hard. I should be just as lean. I should just eat everything, yogurt and cocoa oh box God. or whatever it is they all eat. I should just eat that. And then they go, oh, I don't have my period. Hmm. Should I? Huh, that's weird. There is no awareness about this. No. And I just think people with those huge platforms have a responsibility. And that's why I loved it so much when Alexandra from Love Island did a post about it because she was saying, hey, mm, yeah, I don't have my period, but guys, like, this isn't isn't healthy. I'm going to look at my stress levels. Totally. 
but yeah that's well i could go into a right rampage about that but i know and you know what we should pick it back up at some point i'm gonna stop us now because it's nearly the hour we could Um, chat for hours and hours and hours i know i'm like we could literally every one of these questions go can go down like a different tangent so guys tell us if you loved this episode of me and chloe just hashing it out on your listener questions Will you please let us know on, I don't know, Instagram, take a screenshot of this episode, share it in your story and let us know and we'll do another one. Definitely. Yeah. That'll be great. And if you don't do it, then I'm just going to, I think we should, um, even if you don't like it, I reckon we should do a podcast anyway. eh? Yeah. I mean, we (laughs) will do it anyway, but like, I need to know how much you want it. Oh my God, I need that. I need like the praise and the love. (laughs) Tell us you love us. (laughs) I know. Give us those words of affirmation, please. I always say my YouTube videos, I say like, oh, if you like this, can you like, like and subscribe? And I'm like, but like, if you didn't like it, then like, maybe just do nothing. (laughs) Dude, I can't believe we still have to say that on videos, but apparently like it, it does help. It really does. It's so weird. Like everyone needs a reminder every single video. It cracks me up, dude. <laughs> Where can people find you? Speaking of YouTube, uh, I am Chloe Hodgkinson on everything, C H L O, and then my surname is Hodgkinson, H O D G K I N S O N. Yeah, that's that's where I am. You're Chloe Hodgkin- Hodgkinson, basically everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. It's really, one of those ones where the Hodgkinson the the syllables really get you yeah no, i just want to say hodgkinson yeah hodgkinson <laughs> or oh, some people want to say like hodgkinson and i'm like no 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 just hodgkinson people like to add an e in as well yeah like hodgkinson yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay well thank you so much have an amazing day and oh, thank you for having me of course have a good night yeah. You, oh, yeah. Have a good day. <laughs> I will. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.